Welcome to Caregiver Wellness Podcast. We're so glad that you showed up today. Our special guest is Ken Hendricks of Homestead in the Santa Fe area. And I think today's podcast on finding out or figuring out how and when you need help. I think it's a topic that really everyone comes across um, as a caregiver. And it's one that we believe you will find a very surprising answer to. So I look forward to sharing this with you today. Thank you for being a part of our community. My guest is Ken Hendricks with Stay Home Instead. He's actually here in the Santa Fe area where I am. And we've had an opportunity to chat uh, on his program, Stay Home Instead, <laughs> uh, chats, uh, which began during COVID. Uh, so I'm really excited to, to chat with him today. One, because, um, you know, Ken, I remember the first time that we met and I, and I sat down with you and we were in a coffee shop. Do you remember those days when you went to coffee shops? <laughs> and we sat down in a coffee shop across from each other. And it felt like when I was, when I was in your presence, like you had all the time in the world. Have you ever been with someone like that? When you are in their presence, they don't make you feel like there's an agenda, there's all of this. I, that is what I left when we had that conversation. I left feeling supported and like you had all the time in the world, <laughs> which was really- I love that, Ken. Which is, I love that you say that. I don't know that I feel like I make people feel like that. I don't know. I don't know if that's always what's going on inside of me. <laughs> But yeah, it's a, when I hear that sort of thing from someone else, I mean, it, it's a blessing for me because that's how you want to make people feel. Thanks. I mean, I mean, there's all the time that we need in the moment that we're in, you know, like it's, it's, it's there. And that's another thing that we really connected and resonated on. Um, you, you actually are a community liaison for, for Home Instead. And we're going to talk, our theme today really is how to know when we need help inside the home and, and kind of what to look for. Um, but what I think is really unique about you and your particular role is um, you do have a, a contemplative practice. And we've, we've chatted about you uh, being a meditator. And I told you, I wouldn't put you on a spot and help us meditate or anything. <laughs> but I, I think what's really fantastic about this is is for everyone to see that that it's accessible and that these kinds of tools um to get to get the the uh, shall i name it like ken's cool ken's coolness <laughs> i don't know i don't know if you want to sell that yeah, uh... <laughs> okay i feel like we're hyping it a little much <laughs> all right so I'd love actually for you just to share maybe one of your tips for, you know, for that kind of being in the moment and being present with people. Um, well, you know, you actually mentioned before we started going live that you were going to have me share something. And so when, when somebody tells you, Hey, you know, I'm going to ask you to share something about this, like on the fly, your mind starts like going all these different places, you know, trying to figure out, okay, what's this amazing bit of knowledge that I'm going to drop. Um, 
but then as we were getting ready to to go live um there were a few steps that had to be done you know you there were a few things that you had to click on and enter in order for us to transition from our zoom meeting to the the facebook live and um in those moments of silence when you're with a bunch of people and there's just a process being done there's something that you know uh there's i don't know if it's because of our culture or just because we're humans but there are all sorts of you know depending upon the kind of day we're having and what we're you know what we're dealing with there's there's different types of things that can be arising like oh let's hurry up and get to what we're doing you know let's let's uh, let's get past this moment of waiting or discomfort um, or just yeah there's a, there's a discomfort that can arise with it and and I just, I, th I guess if I was going to offer anything, it would just say, be interested in that, you know, because it's, it is interesting mm -hmm. and it can, it's, it's not that it, you know, can, can tell us, you know, um, that, 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 that discomfort or that awkwardness that might arise can, you know, really, um, what am I trying to say here? I, I just think that it's, it's something to take note of um and it's not something to resist it's actually something to uh that, that if you pay enough attention there's gold in it like there there's a there's a treasure mm -hmm. in all of those little moments that if you pay attention you can realize that you know maybe you're always trying to get somewhere that you're never really going to arrive at and it's okay to just be here yeah yeah I think about that in terms of, you know, we're not used to waiting anymore. Like, it's just like, if we have to wait a few extra seconds for something to load on our computer, <laughs> think about how agitated. Right? This is what we do. Right. Or, or get on, or get on another device. You know, I think it's just so, uh, so interesting to be, to be with that space. Um, and I, I think those kinds of things are what help um develop resiliency and um and and for me that's at the heart of being a caregiver like figuring out you know the Absolutely. things that help us uh, develop our foundation of resiliency so i would love to know a little bit more about your role at home instead and uh, we've talked a little bit about it in the past and um first of all i love that you travel with your guitar <laughs> <laughs> not so much these days <laughs> I, know. But, yeah. I know so tell me what it looks like right now in terms of of your role and the community for home instead yeah so um i've been with home instead for a little over nine years now and um i'm i feel incredibly lucky to be in the role that i have with the company and i think that it's not just to be in this type of role but it's to be with this type of team that i'm with um and then to have you know um you know the guy that that owns this company chico marquez he's he's pretty much 
Well, now Home Instead is a franchise, so they're they're yeah. franchised in the U.S. and Canada. So for those that are that are listening to to know that kind of model, so this is for the Albuquerque, Santa Fe area. Yeah, actually, just Santa Fe and oh. the, this regional area. There's a, a different owner in, in Albuquerque, but she's great too. Um, but yeah, Chico is probably one of the 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 best leaders I've ever worked with. Um, he really is great at finding, you know, where people fit in and, and giving them the freedom to do what they do and do it well, you know, and, um, and so I've been able to, to really think outside the box and bring a lot of creativity to just how we as a, as a organization exist with, within and for the community, you know, and um, I've never felt pressure put on me like which is often put in in roles like this to to go out and sell the business to sell the organization uh, i've never had that pressure put on me um in in that kind of way it's it's just been you know there's there's been a trust at the core of the way that i've been able to to work in this role that is in the fact that if we look for ways to help others succeed in improving the quality of care that's happening in our community, there is no way that we are not going to succeed along with them. We're all gonna succeed together, you know, and that's that's the idea. I, well, obviously I agree with that. <laughs> I think that, I think that what you do in terms of shining a light on the community and the other people um, is is really admirable and something that I think is really special in the Santa Fe community that I've run across. Hence, we have a couple of guests of, of community leaders, you know, who yeah. are different se sectors of, of this dementia care who've joined us, you know, on our Zoom. So that speaks for itself, I think. Well, in terms of, I'd love to kind of steer it a little bit more toward, um, you know what what how do people know that they need help at home like what is that sort of threshold or point in which they start looking toward bringing outside care inside yeah i think you know i've been thinking about that question um since you posed it to me and i think that you know the the most common experience that we have in this field whether it be for home care or in you know whether we work within a, an assisted living community or a memory care community the most common experience that we have is families calling on us when they're in crisis you know when things you know in some sort of you know sense of an immediate way, things have become very apparent that they need help and they've probably needed help for a long time. And um, and it's always, you know, it always breaks your heart, you know, when you kind of consider the fact that maybe they, they wouldn't have been so overwhelmed if they had, you know, maybe reached out sooner. Um, but I can't really fault anybody <laughs> for, you know, uh, for putting off difficult conversations and things like that, because we all do that in one way or another. But so, I mean, the, the way that I would answer that question is, you know, how do you know when it's the right time? And I, I think that you act before you think you need help. 
like before you think you actually need help is probably the best time to reach out and establish a relationship with, you know, the different types of options that are available to you, you know, um, call on some home care companies, if that's the direction you think, I mean, I would suggest probably calling on the whole gamut, you know, getting some relationships established with home care companies, with assisted living communities in your area. And um, yeah, because another thing that that's going to reveal, you know, things to you, you know, if you if you keep up that relationship with some touch points, you know, even over the course of six months to a year, you're going to learn a lot about these organizations that you're reaching out to mm -hmm. through those touch points. And, um, and, and those things might help you to make the most informed decision you can possibly make when the time comes. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, there's a lot to that, that I, that I think is important, but I would say, you know, before you think you need help is when you <laughs> and I even all along the way I think one of the things that we talked about in our uh, in our retreat that, that we had this last week live from Houston was you know the need to get your all the financial parts in place and and frankly that should happen right now for everyone listening <laughs> when is the right time right now <laughs> for everyone listening period like should all should all be making steps in the direction of having all of that in place and this reminds me a bit of a conversation with that that i had with genevieve in a podcast episode i don't know if you listened to that one but we talked about medical aid and dying and mm -hmm. at what point when when and as she's uh, in calgary but at what point would she is the right time to make the decision and and she finally they finally had to come to a realization as a family that there is no perfect time. And unfortunately due to laws, they just had to make a decision. And I think oftentimes we don't, you know, it's hard to be a step ahead of this disease. It's so hard to that because every phase and every single thing affects every person differently. But like you said, creating those webs of connections and just even knowing where to go will help solidify being able to make those choices. You just touched on something that was huge to me, I think, when you said, you know, waiting for the perfect time. Because I think that, um, that the illusion of the perfect time is a thing that can keep us from making a decision. Like, and, and, and there is no perfect time like there's <laughs> there's no like moment where we're gonna be like and i feel like this is the day that i need to do that. i just i'm so glad i woke up and i knew that this was the day you know like that just doesn't happen um but telling ourselves you know that story that there is going to be a perfect time where everything is apparent and all the ducks are in a row which point in the right that's it's something that can really hold us back mm -hmm. I appreciate um, one of our caregivers commented in the chat here. I had clues that my in-laws needed help for months, but had trouble convincing the family. Then we got in crisis. I think that's so common. In fact, we just talked about this in the last episode with GJ um, in terms of family not being on board or those that are not there every day do not see the decline and fight it for whatever emotional reasons they want to fight it <laughs> or or 
deny the, pro the progression of, of the disease. And I think um, so that speaks a lot to assembling what we just talked about, assembling a team of people and maybe even a third party person. I don't know how um, you resolved all of that, uh, Carol, but I think, I think that being able to get as many objective people from the, from the outside is, is helpful. Um, it's hard stuff. Yeah. And now you are, um, when you do your home instead chats, uh, and one thing I also appreciate about you is like Ken appreciation day <laughs> is, uh, you know, is how, is how you, you constantly look toward, you know, the positive and it's super interesting. I've been doing a lot of research on the brain and, um, there are folks that are wired for half glass full and half glass empty. And it is possible for those of you are on the half glass empty side to retrain your brain. I'm just telling you right now <laughs> that there's hope, <laughs> um, but you are one of those folks. And uh, so I'm curious out of all of the episodes that you've done, um, do you have, do you have a favorite or, or one that, that was really just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we haven't talked about this before. What is one of those episodes for you? Well, you know, oftentimes like, so this is, this is funny because this has parallels with like songwriting. Usually like if I'm writing a song, like the most recent song is the one that's my favorite, but, and, and sometimes I think that like the most recent chat that I've had on the stay home instead chats is, is always my favorite. But then in this case, I think that this one's going to be my favorite for a long, long time to come. Uh, and Ruth knows where I'm going with this. Uh, I had a chat recently with Ruth Dennis, with Susan Bachman, and Hope Carwile. We all were chatting about a workshop that they're going to be giving for the Dementia Possibilities Conference. Um, and that's coming up on February 8th through the 12th. And you can find information at dementiapossibilities.com. But the conversation that we had, Ruth and Hope are amazing in their own right. With Susan, so Susan is living with early onset dementia and she was speaking just you know, these nuggets of wisdom that were like life altering, like every time she opened her mouth, like it was, it was just, um, it was one of those conversations, if you've ever had one where you're just kind of like thinking the entire time as you're hearing the other person talk, like, how lucky am I to be here right now, and to hear these things, you know, and to understand them and take them in. Um, as much as I could in, in those moments. But yeah, I would highly recommend to anyone, not just within the context of dementia and caregiving, because I think that, you know, so many of the things that we've even talked about now in our short time together, they're, they're not just things that have a connection to dementia and caregiving. They're, they're life things, you know, like, like how we deal with difficulties in our lives and the mindset that we bring to them matters so much. And, um, you know, that, that piece that, that you were, so yes, I would definitely you know, encourage everyone to check out that conversation. It was amazing. And I think that it will 
continue to be amazing as long as it lives on the internet, which hey, it might outlive all of us. Um, <laughs> well, I put in but, the in the chat here, but we'll also put it in the other places. So if you're listening to this way after the fact, the Dementia Possibilities Conference is next week. It's it's at no charge. Um, mm -hmm. Alzheimer'sCafe.com is the main website. You can also go to DementiaPossibilities.com and it redirects you there. Um, and there's there's some incredible um, resources that'll be showcased next week. And uh, I'm with you, Ken. I think I think it's going to be pretty transformative. It's every day next week uh, for a couple of hours a day, from what I understand. So um, I'm I wanted to acknowledge. Um, a comment that Linda had made in the chat. I feel like our ability to get a team together is hampered by COVID. Mm -hmm. And I, I think um, now, uh, especially, in fact, I was just having a chat with um, David Davis of Memory Care Alliance here in Santa Fe and, um, you know, how he, he actually can do um, dementia screenings. Um, and then refers them out as well. Um, and then now with telehealth, um, if you're listening to us from, from Canada and Calgary, I mean, they have perfected the telehealth in terms of dementia screening. Um, uh, and they've been working very closely with um, in Alberta uh, um, to really solidify that, which I think is incredible. So I think there, there, it's possible to, to be able to assemble a, a virtual team these days. And I know nothing is a substitute for touch and being in person. And I just really empathize with that because um, it's just super challenging. I know you've mentioned your community activities that you all do um, have really been hampered. I know one that you guys are still doing right now, I think is providing some lunches and meals. Are you guys still doing that? Or that was early on in COVID? Well, those types of things, I mean, we were doing some like drive up things yeah. where we would kind of try and, you know, the, we have a really large team of caregivers that work with us and um, we are so used to them being able to just come in, in and out of the office all the time and, and hang out and, um, having, you know, quarterly, at least quarterly gatherings with them. So we're trying to be creative about ways that we can connect with them, you know, in a safe way um, now. But, you know, going back to, to what you said, I, I think that, you know, um, there is really no substitute for being able to be in person with one another it's a very special thing to be able to, you know, to give each other hugs and all those things that we're missing. Um, but then I would also just, you know, I would caution folks to not make so much of that story of missing out prevent us from enjoying the connection that is still very available to us with one another. I, I personally have been uh, amazed with how connected to some people I've been feeling during this time frame. You know, during this pandemic, I have friends that are you know not in my local area that I'm probably more connected to them now than I've ever been, and and that's something that I think is available, you know, to all of us and. 
and it, you know, like most things in life, you know, we can miss out on the things that are available to us for, you know, attaching ourselves to the story of lack for the things that aren't available to us. Mm -hmm. Like we, that, that can prevent us from, yeah. from getting all the gold that's here. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, I, I want to continue to ask any caregivers that are that are listening in with us um, to go ahead and put a type a question in the chat if you have one or any clarifications that you want to, to address while we're still chatting. And, and to circle back around on another aspect um, to determine when you when you know you need help and also how, because I actually sent you a, a link to an article which was quite, quite devastating <laughs> in terms of the number of um, uh, assisted livings and various providers where that are outside of the home and uh, that are struggling financially and also struggling with the number of, of COVID deaths. Um, and so I think more people are looking at alternatives I know we have um, Ruth here who's, who's with Vista Living Care, who I will say does an exemplary job um, in terms of um, outside of the home care. Um, so there are providers that are doing, I think that sometimes the narrative we hear is really scary, like the article that I sent you. <laughs> um, but I think I think also sometimes we have to make sure we've done our own investigation and then we really looked at all of the resources that are available to us within what our what our, our means are available. So can you differentiate a little bit in terms of what the difference is of the, of the different types of care comparing home instead to a place like Vista Living to other other options in a nutshell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not an expert, really, when it comes to all those other types of uh, of services and, and and things that are available to folks. But, but I mean that, yeah, the the gist is, I mean, the way that I see it, I, I think that you know most people, if you ask them what their desire is, is it's that they would be able to remain in their own homes, and remain as independent as possible for as long as it's possible and and as long as they can do so safely um and then there's other factors like like cost right and um and so i i see all of these different types of services whether it be home care um, independent living communities, assisted living communities, memory care communities, they all work together. Like they, they're all part of a, a landscape of, of different types of services that are available in most communities that are, that some people will use all of them in their lives. And I, I mean, Ideally, like there's a, there's a lot of folks where that's what would be the best is that they they get familiar with all of that landscape, and then they kind of plan out how they'll move through it, you know, as as they age, um, or as as their loved one ages and and needs more and more help or more insistent more assistance. I mean, providing home care, the type of 
care that we do at home instead, um, we can help folks to remain in their homes all throughout their lives, all the way up into the end, you know, tag teaming with hospice and, you know, keeping, keeping someone at home all the way through. But um, that's not, that's not the answer for everybody, you know, and there's different types of, there's different types of benefits depending upon like the family circle and like the, the, the group of people that are involved that are going to make one or more, one, one or another option best, you know, like, and yeah, so <laughs> that's, a, that's not super, super clear. There's a, 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 it's very diplomatic though, <laughs> <laughs> which I really appreciate about you. I think, it's, you know, and I, I, and I think that's, I mean, in a, uh, unrelated, but related, you know, anytime I get a question about well, what is the best kind of yoga that I should do or the best kind of meditation? And I'm like, well, the, the one that you should do is the one that works for you. So yeah. I, I would say, you know, this, this answer is almost the same. You, you have to do what works best for, for you. And really though, like how incredibly annoying is it if someone always says, well, the one I do. <laughs> right? <laughs> They're fired. <laughs> You know, there, there's there's a lack of genuineness there. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Um, one of our caregivers just wants a little more clarification on what to look for in a home provider. So what are maybe some kind of key checklists that, that you can think of? Well, I think that I've been, I have actually been thinking on this just lately. And um, I've been talking with with a group of folks about this because it's one of the things we're going to touch on for one of the workshops we're doing for the conference that we've already mentioned and i think that it's true that most of us when we're looking into services like this for a loved one we have the best of intentions but we ask some of the wrong questions you know we don't we don't ask the 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 questions that are really going to reveal um the type of things that we want to use to make the best decision. Like, I think that pretty much any, any provider you're going to call in the different types of, you know, fields that we discuss, whether it's home care, independent living, assisted living, most of them are probably going to give you a similar list of services that they provide. Um, they're probably even going to have similar values that they'll tell you that, you know, their organization seeks to embody. And like, I, I think that the things that I would ask after being, you know, in this field for a while is I would ask about the person that I'm talking to when I call. And I would ask them how long they've been there. And what they love about what they do and how long the team that they've been working with has been together. And because I, I really think that all those other things, you know, the lists of services that are provided, the, um, the goals and the mission of an organization, all of those things hinge upon the group that, that works for the organization. Like, 
the ability to accomplish those things well all depends on whether the team has been together for years or a few weeks, you know, all those things, like it's really, really important, I think. And so um, that's probably where I would go. Mm. One thing that that has always um, struck me, and I didn't think about this until I had experience with Vista Living, and it's the question of how much autonomy does the person who will be caring for my loved one have to be able to create a problem solve and to be able to, to do what needs to be done in the moment? Um, uh, I, I know that, I mean, HIPAA and all of these other regulations, you have certain things that, that have to be done and the certain mm -hmm. protocols that have to be done. But within that, how much freedom and creativity can they have to solve and, and to, to manage someone's care who doesn't have right the cognitive function to 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 yeah. reason it's it's not it's it's um so critical i think that whoever my loved one was going to be with or or whoever it is i'm i'm taking care of that that person can think for themselves <laughs> and have the ability to to be able to do what needs to be done in a in a way that makes sense uh i think that's that... a fantastic question yeah i would definitely jot that one down i think that's a great question <laughs> yeah i mean i was just talking about like you know values and things like that are are, are, are one thing that you know maybe not it, maybe not the most important thing to ask about but i mean taking the lead is one of our core values like we we want people to feel empowered to take the lead to uh, you know, use their understanding of the situation, you know, to 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 care, to care for someone, you know, because like we've talked a lot about, you know, the moment and the the you know the the life that's staring us in the face in the moment that we're living with. The we if they they you know we don't know what it's like like in that moment, if they're in the home with the person, like they, they're the person who's going to have the most insight, mm -hmm. you know, so we rely heavily on our caregivers yeah. for, for that. Yeah, I think, I think that's super, super important. Um, oh, I feel like there's so much we could, we could tap on and I appreciate the caregivers that are sharing some of their personal experiences um, in the chat as well. And, and I, I see that and I acknowledge that. Um, I, I would love to uh, really kind of wrap up our session to, there's two more, two more things I wanted to suggest. One is that folks research Home Instead, uh, the respite program. Um, there is a respite care vouchers and program that you can apply for, and it is on the main Home Instead website. And we'll actually plug in the link there um, in the show notes for the podcast and on Facebook. Um, and we had a whole, so if you want to know a little bit more about respite care, I highly recommend signing back up for if you, if you missed it, or if you, if you were a part of it, maybe you can go back to your links, but the live from Santa Fe retreat we did in October, um, had, um, a, Ken was on there talking with, um, 
the main office or the, the corporate headquarters of Home Instead, along with Hilarity for Charity, and, and not just their respite resources listed, but we talked about respite in general, including the Alzheimer's Association, who has some one-time respite vouchers available um, and things like that. Uh, and if you're tuning in from Texas, you know, um, there is... Um, uh, there's also, and I'll list that association here, there's one that you can tap into in Houston um, and the Alzheimer's Society in Calgary. So I, it's out there. I think people don't realize that there are resources that they can tap into to, to be able to assist them at home, which are really important. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I wanted to also um, just kind of circle back to where we started in the very beginning about developing and cultivating resiliency. And essentially this is our main goal with, with Caregiver Wellness Retreat is, you know, while we, we want to continue to shine a light on, um, you know, we, we hope one day for a cure and we, we want people to be dementia smart in terms of learning uh, what to expect and, and, and topics like these but I also want to make sure that our caregivers know that they've got to take care of themselves. And that's really, really your number one priority. Um, and I would uh, encourage <laughs> everyone listening to, to find that one thing that gives them their, your personal respite. Um, I know for you, Ken, uh, that's music. I've seen some recent videos. <laughs> Have <laughs> you playing your guitar? It's really awesome. If anyone wants to stalk Ken, <laughs> there's a video of him and his wife playing uh, playing guitars. It's absolutely the coolest thing ever. <laughs> so I love it. Uh, what is one other thing that that we can leave our caregivers with to build resiliency? Well, I was talking with um, with my friend, I think you may know her, Nicolette Ketchum. Have you met her? Mm -hmm. So I was talking with her this morning and uh, we, were, we, we were just kind of, one of the things we got on was how it seems like in this realm of, of, you know, these groups that are coming together that we're lucky enough to be part of that are all about, you know, living our, our best lives, you know, in the midst of the difficulties, you know, in the midst of dementia, in the midst of, you know, caregiving, it tends to attract a lot of artsy people, you know, like abstract thinkers and, um, and stuff. And we we're wondering, you know, why that is and, and maybe why not. So you, you had me thinking about it when you were talking about the people that kind of gravitate toward the half glass full or the glass half full, the glass half empty, um, if I'm saying that right. <laughs> but anyhow, like you were making me think about that, and uh, and I, you know, there, there's a few people that I there's a few people that have podcasts and things out there that I just really enjoy. One of them is a, a guy named Sam Harris, and he has this podcast called Making Sense, and um, he also has an app for smartphones called Waking Up. And uh, it's a meditation app with a lot of uh, conversations and meditation practice mingled in. But like when I listen to him, and I really enjoy listening to him, 
in a sense, like he's like the driest possible person. I can't imagine him drawing a picture or anything like that. Like he's, he's a super, super intelligent, but like really, really kind of dry. Um, I'm not selling him like right now, but. <laughs> we got it. But the thing is, is like that those, those, you know, he's probably more of like the glass half empty. If you come across like that, you know, but he's been able to access wonder Mm. through the practice of meditation mm. and so and in meditation you know it's 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 a word that we throw around a lot but i mean it's just it's just the taking the time to practice noticing what's happening and you gotta you gotta stop to do that because we're not good at doing it when we're in the midst of doing other stuff like i mean that's nearly impossible um to start there but just to take the time, five minutes, 10 minutes a day to, to notice what's happening. Mm. And, um, and it doesn't really matter, you know, like that, that might sound really weird to you, but I would just say, try it because you'll find some wonder there and you're going to find space for your life that you didn't feel like was there. Like, that's one of the things that I think, you know, we, we, we get overwhelmed because we don't feel like there's room for our lives, like in our experience, like our life feels like it's busting at the seams. But we are much more spacious than we tend to realize. Mm -hmm. There's room for it all. There is always enough time. This this moment, and then the next moment, and the next moment. Yeah. I did a um, meditation last week um, in a class series that I run on clouds. And uh, when was the last time you just looked up at the clouds and did a little daydreaming, you know, for no reason? <laughs> and just allowed that little bit of sense of wonder. Um, you know, uh, I think, I think it's such, it's, it's just another tool to access to reset the nervous system. You know, if, if you're wondering how to reset the nervous system, it's taking those moments to pause, to notice, um, to look up, to look around, um, exhale, all of those things. Enjoy art, even if it's in a magazine, <laughs> like yeah. just, just, you know, notice, notice what's available to you. So, all right. Well, Ken, I am so honored that you came and uh, joined us today and uh, for this continual experiment that we have <laughs> with how to create community in this time. Um, you're a gift to all of this. I really appreciate you. And we'll have all of the, the links and things for you available. Um, uh, on Facebook in just a little while. So if you're viewing this live, come back and check that out. If you're uh, listening to it on the podcast, uh, then you will find it in the show notes there. So thank you everyone for participating. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right. So we have, I've closed the Facebook live. Uh, and so this is bonus material for those of you that are left. <laughs> So uh, you feel free to unmute yourself if you've got a specific question. I know, um, Carol, I wasn't 
fully clear. I didn't read your your longer question out loud because I wanted to ask a clarifying question. Sure. Would you like to make that more concise? <laughs> um, um, you mean the last question that I had yeah. about? And I will say, Ken, I know this is fine with you, but we have we do have uh, two other dementia experts with uh, Lori and Ruth, and I would love for either one of you or both of you to jump in as well and, and help answer if you're willing. Yeah, go ahead, Carol. So without a doubt, the um, experience took a toll on the spouse um, the last couple of years. So we've had, um, Homestead has been great. I mean, we've pretty much adopted them as our, you know, they're my siblings now. <laughs> Mom has adopted them as her children. Um, but now we're in, now he's passed. And we kept the 24 seven care for the first week after he passed. And um, now, now I noticed little things that I noticed with my dad, you know, like different writings are a little different. So, I mean, there's some cognitive changes in the spouse as well now. So it's a whole new crappity crap crap, <laughs> you know, but she still passes all of her um, ADLs and um, I've talked with long-term care insurance. So that's not an option anymore. And, you know, she's, she's, she's fine financially, but it's, is there like a weaning Ken? Is there something you do for when somebody has been so part of the family for so long? Um, do you have any suggestions? Yeah, I mean, I I think that you know, twenty four hour care is a is is a lot, and it's it's you know, it's on the. I mean, obviously, you can't do more than that, but that's on the maximum end of what these agencies can provide. It is. You We've know, cut back now, but the first week we kept it as was because we were afraid to have it just fall off. You know, you've already got the loss of the spouse, and then to lose them as well. Yeah, and the eyes on the situation overnight. Yeah, I think it's wise. I mean, that 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 seems like a great way to to begin that transition. Um, but as far as like what you're saying with a with a weaning, I mean, most of these agencies, I mean, they're franchises, so they operate differently in different areas. But most of them have a pretty small minimum. You know, they 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 don't have to be in the home. You know. Um, you know, 10 hours a day or what have you, you know, like, like for us, we, we were able to be there just a couple times a week, three hours a day um, on the minimum. And that can make a really big difference mm -hmm. um, for, for the, the family, you know, crew that's chipping in to be able to have a break. Um, and then to also have someone who, you know, I mean, we don't, we don't market our caregivers as, you know, dementia experts, you know, or home care experts, you know, like what we do is pretty practical, you know, for the most part. Um, and so, but it is likely that there's going to be, you know, a good amount of expertise in the home during those timeframes when there's a caregiver there and they'll be able to give you some insights into what's going on. And then the team at the office can also weigh in on, on what's going on and, and help you to decide when it's time to ramp up care or look into other options, things like that. Does that answer your question or am I kind of not, not getting a piece of it? No, I'm getting support, <laughs> which is great, oh. which is great. It's hard. I mean, part of me says mom needs to get back to being independent or she's going to lose some of her abilities that she has. And the sons oh. are like, no, mom needs help right now. She's been through the ringer for the last two years. And so we're 
it's hard. I work in an assisted living facility with a memory care center, so I'm I'm alert for changes. Yeah. That's also something worth just vocalizing. It's something that, you know, is 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 a big part of what we do, helping folks to maintain the maximum amount of independence, but it's also worth vocalizing. You know, if you're going to have somebody in there a couple times a week, just making sure that they're not doing things that she could be doing for herself. Cause like, if there are things that she could be doing for herself, she's gonna feel way better about her life if she's doing them. I agree. Mm -hmm. It also may build in just to have the care and support in the home may build in kind of a protective factor as she grieves, you know, because part of, well, part of the human experience is grieving, but also dementia puts that on steroids and takes some of the rules away. And so it may be good as just a social model, even if it's just somebody coming in, you know, playing chess or reading a book three times a week, just to have Absolutely. that. I mean, like we list, we actually list companionship as a service. Mm -hmm. And, and it, that's great right now because with COVID, I mean, when they needed their neighbors to come and bring the casserole, nobody showed up. <laughs> Everybody's wearing their mask. And plus it's, it's right now we're having a blizzard. It's just not great up here in Vermont right now, unless you have snowshoes on. But um, it was so different. Usually when, usually a community comes together when they lose someone that's lived in their neighborhood for 60 years. And it was, it was, I mean, she got plenty of cards, but you're so alone. I go there every day just to be with her. Carol, I also, I also um, uh, I wrote to a little thing in the in the chat, but um, I think as crazy as it is that this we've been reduced to Zoom, I think there are great potential benefits in it. As I think Melissa said, of that you can find a team anywhere. Oh, it's true. I believe it too, Laura. Thank you. And you might want to um. It seems to me that you want to get away from um, pay, you know, uh, people who are paid to come in and, and try and get her so that she starts a life again. Um, and Zoom may be, not, even, not so much Zoom, but the internet may be ways to do it. There are so many places, places that are actually run by people who are living with dementia and places where uh, people who are helping people with dementia or, or people who are just lonely. I mean, there's a million, as you know, you know that on the internet, there's one, something for everybody and exploring it just a little bit and seeing if she can explore it a little bit too. Um, it's a way to hook her back into, it seems to me into a community. I mean, she's probably been so isolated except for the caregivers. She's been so isolated alone with her husband that boy, she, she could use a team too now that she's, and that's, it sounds like that's one of the things you're worried about is getting, what if the team disappears and nobody's with her? But um, the internet is, it is an access tool that I think shouldn't be denied. And that's my opinion about it because it, especially nowadays we can see up close and people who are good on the internet can interact in really pretty personal ways on the internet with people who um, need a human contact, human face, yeah. to hear the human voice. Along those, along those lines to piggyback both Lori and, and Ruth, and really this is for everyone, no matter what stage you're in, whether, you know, with, with you, with, with your, the recent death, um, 
or wherever you are on this trajectory, there's grief and loss involved. And so to address that when possible with a professional therapist or um, uh, with, with someone within a confidential um, nature or, or group that, that is going through the grieving process together, I think it's not to be discounted. And, and also if one doesn't work, to not give up, try another, another one. <laughs> um, I think everyone's experiences with different people are, are different, but I would strongly encourage that. I think um, every, everyone in the world, in my opinion right now, would benefit from understanding the process of grief and understanding um, what that means, because I feel us as on a global basis, where I think we're all grieving some loss um, with this pandemic, loss of identity, loss of mobility, loss of your neighbors and not receiving their support. I mean, there's just, there's quite a bit there. Um, and I think she would benefit from a little extra net. Uh, I also yeah. think, uh, oh, sorry. You go first because I think we're on a similar <laughs> track. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I was going to just say that, uh, you know, you just made me think of some specific people and then like some of the you know some of the blessing of you know the silver lining uh, of this time that we're in together throughout the world is that you know we you know state lines and county lines don't really prevent us from linking up with services and and things that are happening in other places so i i know of some fantastic people here in this area that are hosting, I, I believe it's a weekly grief group. Um, mm -hmm. And they have people all over the country that are attending. And um, I don't even think that it's a sponsored group. So it's not, there's no charge. Um, yeah. And I would be happy to find out the information and, and link you up with that. That would be great. Oh, it, it is called... Oops, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, go, go. We were working uh, with I, I was... Hospice. We were working with Hospice. Good. So yeah, they sent I... a, a support person over for grief counseling and they had a mask on and mom turned them away. <laughs> so reaching out again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I do, I do think we need to kind of redefine our version of independence with anybody who's suffered a loss or anybody with dementia, sometimes that little extra bit of support actually makes somebody more independent because they can access things like accepting the hospice counselor or you know, going online and go, joining an Alzheimer's cafe that they might not have been able to access without that, you know, please forgive me for being ageist when I say this, but it's very true that 25 or 30 something year old caregiver who knows how to use the iPhone and iPad and can show them, oh, this is how we can join this poetry group. I'll show you. And, you know, that's something that that happening a couple times a week is probably making what could make her more independent as opposed to less. Yep, I hear you guys I loud and clear. I don't, <laughs> 
Well, I, I want to make sure that we honor everyone's time. I'm so, again, thankful that you all have, have taken the opportunity to join us this afternoon. Thank you for being a part of our conversation today by listening. And if you'd like to interact more, we have these either once or twice a month now. And we actually have changed the format to include our caregivers live on the Zoom. And then we also broadcast it live on Facebook as well as record it for our podcast. So there's a lot of different ways you can enjoy it. And if you wanted to get in and be a part of the conversation and be able to ask our speaker questions, I think you're definitely going to want to do that here in the next couple of episodes. We have some incredible speakers ahead in the coming months. So you can log on to well, caregiverwellnessretreat.com click on podcast and then you will see there you can click to join our next podcast. And if you subscribe to our newsletter, you'll also get those exclusive invitations. So that's the only way to find out about upcoming podcast episodes. So you'll want to do that today. We're so glad that you showed up. It's a fantastic conversation. And I hope that each one of you will take a moment to comment and let us know what you learned, what you gleaned from it, and share it with another caregiver who might need this today. We do this really for the love of caregivers and any and all support that you can offer us by sharing, by signing up for one of our wellness retreats, or contributing through a donation. We would covet your help. We hope that you have a peaceful and wonderful rest of your week. Thanks for joining us.